Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Khan, and Dennis Dick with you. Uh, as always, it is Friday, so we'll have a little fun uh, show today. We'll do a little uh, a game, although I'm not quite sure what that game will be, but I'm told uh, Dennis has some questions for Joel and I to answer, so we'll do that. We do have a little bit of news, uh, some ratings uh, that are of note this morning. Uh, TXN had a dividend hike. And our guest today, Jeremy Schwartz, the director of research at Wisdom Tree. Great guest, great speaker. He has a good, good podcast as well. He will join us at 8.35. In the meantime, Joel, fill us in here on what is happening here. Over we have another special guest on the show today, too. You do? Yeah, look. Oh, look at that. Yeah, there she is. She wanted to be on the show today, she said. I was waiting. I wanted my wife to, like, run in, you know, like on that BBC video in the background. Be like, whoa, no, she's here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, oh. she's got a little cold and she's wheezing. So she's actually got to probably see the doctor today because she's got a wheeze. But she wanted to be on the show and say hi. Can you say hi, Natalie? Hi. Hi, right now. <laughs> hey, hey, Dennis, maybe, maybe you should let her trade for you. All right. Like yeah. Been going the last week. We'll probably have better success. There, there's, and there's my wife. <laughs> you met everybody today. <laughs> Not Spencer, though. You met Not the her. whole happy family today. No, it's Spencer you met before, though. Remember, he bursted in uh, like uh, six months ago on the show. So. Maybe. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, green on the screen here on this quad, which Friday S&P trading up five and three quarters handles at 3013.75. Had a little bit of weak close, but by the dippers came in right off the 6 p.m. open. Pre-market low, 0575. Your inner day low, 0475. That is level to hold in the, uh, in the a.m. session. Crewed up 57 cents, comma down at 58.76. Gold's been quiet as well lately, up 220 at 1508.40. Silver in the green by 2.1 cents at 17.905. And Bitcoin dipped under 10K, but the buy the dippers came in in Bitcoin as well. We're back over 10K. Futures trading at $10,195. So, Triple D, how you doing? This is an interesting show today. The banner foul. <laughs> this is starting well. I, I look over, you're not even. Well, you want to know something. So, okay, well, she's crying because she didn't want to get off the show. Natalie wanted to be on the show all day. So I have to walk around all these banners. And um, obviously, I didn't put it up very well behind me. But as I'm walking around the banner, I just stub my toe because I'm in my bare feet here. So, so then I knocked over the banner. So then I'm putting it up. So it's a very interesting morning here with three minutes in the show. And you've got a really good look into my personal life. <laughs> well, um, just so everyone knows that this show we rehearse. We start rehearsing at about 6 a.m. Oh, yes, of course. And, and, uh, you know, so Nothing this is winged at all. No. Everything is scripted on this yes, show. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let me go All right, so I missed everything Joel said, but I can imagine he just said that the market is doing nothing, which is exactly <laughs> what it's doing. 
Do you remember if you're looking at your spy quotes, they are ex-dividend here today. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so you got to do the adjustment. So the spy adjusted close is 299.69. So we're actually up 62 cents, roughly speaking, on the spy right now. So that's the only consideration here. But let's move into the individual movers. I got a bunch of scribbles because my daughter was writing all over my page. But there is some stocks moving. Last night we had not a lot of earnings reports, but we had some Xilinx news, Spencer, XLNX, and it's also got a rating change here today as well. Right. So, Joel's got to adjust his stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Adjustment Friday. Well, now the be sun comes all right, so the Xilinx news, uh, the CFO is stepping down to take a similar position at another company. Uh, and then this morning, Bank of America is coming in with a downgrade to neutral. So looking here, um, stock was trading down last night on the CFO leaves. They don't like it. We never talk about that much. But when the CFO leaves, they typically knock the stocks down. So it was down to 102 last night, even trading the 101 handle on that. Then it comes in and gets the downgrade as well. So that's knocked us down to the 99 handle. So XLNX taking a little bit of a lick in here this morning. Uh, if we just go and look at the charts, and I'm trying to type here, and I'm mistyping yeah, symbol. You're right at all this support level. I mean, very important level to hold. 98 bucks was the low on the 26th, but you got multiple lows even going back to May in that same area. So I'm going to call it $98 major support. Do you know you made a great call yesterday? In, what? Um, Overstock. Yes. How did Bounce you, right off that level. How did you did, how did how did you We realize? talked about it and we said specifically I said it could bounce at the 1472. Where it bounced yesterday? 1475. Man, you taught me these levels, Joe. You taught this to me. Way back in nineteen ninety-nine, when I was a young buck just coming out of university, Joel would put all the levels for the S P, give us a sheet every single day with all the support and resistance levels. And you know what? Still today those support resistance levels work. 20 simple. years later, simple. levels work. Simple. You got to keep it simple. Simpleton. Uh, this Xylene. I am a simpleton. Yes. Uh, Pre-market low you just made at 99.35. And then it's just kind of the same setup here. You look at the low of the move. That's 98. I think the longer you get down to, you know, the longer they take to get at 98, to test 98, more of a chance of a rebound here. I don't know why the CEO left, uh, you know, reasons could be to take another position at the same position in a different company really yeah okay so nothing it's not as bad as like the tesla cfo leaving after six months put it that way i mean this stock this stock has been in the doghouse this is not helping it at all quiet ranges i would say 107 put an alert see if this thing ever clears 107 because that's when it has a chance to run and to fill the gap from yesterday, you got a ways to go. Let's see, yesterday's low, 103.27. So what do they do? What, what does Xilinx do? They're a, they're a 5G play, I thought. They're a semi or a 5 They're a semi. Uh, yeah, chip it's, a chip. Yeah. it's a chip. I, and this is a good question for we should have some analyst on sometime because there's so many chip stocks. And what's the difference between them all? I mean, I trade them all together. Um, so I don't know. They all they all do a little bit different stuff, but they're all chips. I mean, you know, go to Intel, to Xilinx. Yeah, it's obviously, right. you know, NVIDIA, AMD, obviously, or AMD, Intel, and NVIDIA all are similar, a lot closer business. Then you got this, look, Xilinx and Western Digital and Seagate. I mean, we should get on somebody that fundamentally really <laughs> understands. Like that person we had on yesterday blew it away. For, for, uh, Foreman? Was it Froman? Uh, Foreman. Two, two days ago. 
performance. Yeah, like when he was talking that fundamental stuff, I was like, whoa, yeah. this guy knows a lot more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I know some I a little bit about every company, but I don't know a lot about every company. But, you know, that's the person we need to get on to talk to Chip sometime. Right. Tell us the difference between Western Digital, Micron, Applied Materials, LRC. I mean, there's like 50 of them. So there's obviously differences with them all. I'd like to know that too. All right. We'll put it on the list to get we'll some. Put it on the bucket list. Yep. Intel, Texas Instruments. I know what Intel does, they run every one of my PCs. But yeah, Texas Instruments. I used to just think it was the calculator company, but obviously they do a lot more than just make calculators now. That's uh, my line. I don't I stole it. Ah, uh, okay. So Xilinx, we've moved on. Um, there isn't actually that much news here today, but we well, do TXN, have... Well, TXN, speaking of Texas Instruments, they did have a headline. Uh, they raised their dividend from 77 cents to 90 cents a share. Is this dividend raising season? Because McDonald's did it too last night. And then we obviously had Microsoft do it the night before with the buyback. And we also had Target with the buyback. It seems like it's buyback slash dividend raising season right now. So both McDonald's and who else did you just say? Texas Instruments. Texas Instruments both raised their dividend. And both are were trading higher slightly last night. Texas Instruments actually kissed up to 130 this morning on an odd lot. It's bid 129.31, which would put it up 50 cents. We might as well do Mickey D's with it, Joel, because they both okay. do the same thing with the dividend raise. Mickey D's is trading up over 211. It's now 210.61 to 211 on a quarter. So both of them are going to get a little bit of a hike. One thing to consider when you're trading these is that typically, um, you know, a lot of these companies raise their dividends every year. So it's not like, whoa, they raise their dividend. This is totally unexpected. I mean, McDonald's history, you know, Microsoft history of raising the dividend every year. So, or at least every couple of years. So it's not completely unexpected. But sometimes these dividend raises can be more than expected. So you have to take all that into consideration when you're trading these things too. It's not like they're just going to rip this thing, you know, two points because they raised the dividend. I mean, in the Microsoft case, it was the $40 billion buyback. That was really the catalyst, not so much the dividend raise. Size at 131 in Texas Instruments. Can you check that? Let's go. Well, I do have my book open. Look at this. I'm even prepared here this morning. Oh, but wait, Texas Instruments is, uh, yeah. it used to, it used to oh, be, NASDAQ. Oh, yeah. it used to be New York Stock Exchange, but it's NASDAQ now. Oh, so you I can't actually see. That the NASDAQ book, although I do have NASDAQ total view, you don't see those type of orders typically um, placed on the NASDAQ as you see the type of orders, the big ones that are placed on the legacy NYSE exchange. All right. I'll just tell you folks, you TXN traders that uh, it got up close to 131 on a couple different occasions. Uh, most recently, uh, back earlier this month, you had a 130.98 and a or 130.89 and 30.92 that tells me there's a big seller there at the point. So no, really nothing up there until you get to that level. So see what happens. Maybe the first time, maybe get out there at like 90 and see what happens. If you get filled, might be some size there, 131 to lean on. On the downside here, up a buck 17. Support at the closing price of 128.83. So if you're wondering why Roku taking the beats here this morning, we have more analyst commentary here. Um, Roku is getting initiated pivotal with a sell. And you know, we'll guess where they put the price target. Yeah, you got to give him credit. I, I told you. Yeah, this is like got to be a street. As soon as, he, as soon as he walked in. First you gotta, thing he said. You got to strike while the iron's hot, right? And the, yeah. iron, the iron is hot to, to, to put a sell on Roku. So you the, might as well do it now. This uh, one's incredible. Yeah, tell the PT. $60, $60 price Six, target. Zero. So they're saying this thing is going to get cut by 60%. You know what? I could see it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's still got the story. It still has a lot going on, but the valuation is crazy. So I think long-term, 
I, I'm not a big fan of Roku either, even though I was playing the momentum side of it for a little while there. So when the momentum breaks on these things, valuation makes no sense at all. I think the valuation still doesn't make any sense at 125.60. So I'd be a seller of rallies too. Um, you know, pivotal bold call. I don't know if it's going to 60 in one year. There's a one year price targets. I think it'll show some life again, but I do think that the, the top is in. I mean, easy to say now, I'm 50 points away from it. Um, I'm just thinking about this Roku and I'm, Spencer and I were talking about it and I'm like, you know, really, what is it? I don't understand it. I've been saying that for weeks. He's like, I guess if you want to be a cord cutter, it's something that you need. But I, I love Comcast. I mean, I get great service at home. I'm probably overpaying for it. But like if you're, you know, like when I was at the Secretary of State and brought my computer, boom, I signed in the wireless network there. Lightning fast. I mean, I don't know what the, what this role. The, the key word there is that you admitted I'm probably overpaying for it, which you you are. Yes, and that's why you would not. That's why you'd want a Roku and not a Comcast. But you know, if you call up Comcast like every like year and a half or two years, and you tell them you're thinking of switching, that doesn't work. That doesn't always work. Yet it works. Joel does that with everything. <laughs> he says I'm gonna switch, and then they cut him a deal. <laughs> yeah. That's how he rolls. <laughs> that's that's what we he's do. got an edge. Joel doesn't just have an edge in the markets. He has an edge in life, and he uses that edge in life. Uh, <laughs> hey, a <laughs> little bit of threat into those businesses, and hey, they cut you a deal. It's like your serious radio. You got to call up every six months because you know you're paying fifteen ninety nine. But if you call up, we okay, we'll give you the eight ninety nine promotion. I get my serious for free right now. Did you know that? No, how did you? Gave me, uh, they gave me a little letter, and they said they wanted me back as a customer because I bought a new car. And then they give you the six months free. And then I had six months off. And then they send me a letter and say, we'll give you another two months free. Here's your access code. I was like, sure. No strings attached. I type, I type in the a little code into the thing and boom, my Sirius radio is back. So I was like, ah, free Sirius radio. I'll take it. You know, I don't do this very often, but because this was trading lower, we're going to have to do a little, uh, it was trading lower yesterday. So yesterday's low is 127, I believe. And we are yeah. trading below that. So what I'm going to do, this is a, I'm going to teach you guys a little trick here. Oh, I'm I like go, tricks. I'm going to go to the pre-market low from yesterday. How often do we go back to the pre-market low from yesterday? Yeah, this is why we're pre-market prep. We use pre-market levels. From yesterday. And yesterday. You can't get quick, this quick, on your regular charts. You want, you want to share your screen and show us what you're looking at? He's yeah, sure. It. Oh, boy, so. this is going to be. We need to teach you how to draw lines too on your chart. That Jeremy Newsome guy draws all these lines and stuff and it looks real fancy. We need to teach. We need to do that. All right. We need more lines uh, on the chart. I get rid of that. Oh, it's right here. But no, that's it's right there. There we go. Okay. So we'll share. 124. I'm just ballparking it from your chart. What, 124-ish? No. No. There okay. Is it up? Yep. We're up. Go for it. Show us what we got. Okay. So this this is uh this is the pre-market action from yesterday, right? And we never saw those. You know, a lot of times we talk about, you know, not seeing the levels during the regular session. Yeah. Well, we never saw that because some good news came out, right? They, they yeah, product. Out. Product yeah, saved the day. New product saved the day. You know you're gonna find sellers into that rally. So what I'm gonna do is uh boy, this is great for trade station here. This is why I love trade station, is the data window here. So I'm just going to advertising right in this Send them a bill for this. Okay. Here's the low from yesterday morning, 122 and a quarter. So I'm going to look at that as resist as support. I see a couple other lows at 122.30. So even, you know, this is a, a heavily traded stock. 
at target 122, 122. I like that. If I was looking for that area, then I will go to, so that's, I can explain those other lines to you guys another time. But then I'm going to go to the daily here and I'm going to see if there's anything at 122. I click at that, 121.54. So that kind of backs it up. If you're really bearish today and you want to hold out to 117.56, and then you get in a dangerous area here. This is what the gap from the earnings. So this is when the really the shoe is going to fall when we take out the 177. 117.56. So pre-market low from yesterday, 122.30. Another low, 21.54. Then 17.56. But that—that's what uh, that's what my daily. I like the 122 level you're talking yeah. about. Uh, maybe there buyers there. there. Hey, I mean, we found buyers yesterday. Now it gets this down uh, downgrade against the you know the immediate trend because it had a pretty good day yesterday. So I think you could find buyers there again. You know, maybe you try it once. You know, if it gets down to 122, 123, take a shot. You got to give yourself a couple points if you're swing trading Roku because you're giving yourself 50 cents to get stopped out all over the place. So, you know, maybe if you're buying a 122 and a half, you give yourself down to 120 and say if it starts taking on 120, okay, I'm out. But, you know, just setting up a potential trade for you. That being said, like I've said, valuation makes no sense at all long term. So I'm not putting this in my long term portfolio. But as a trade, I kind of like that setup, 122. All right, let's you uh, give it a shot. I mean, that's what trading is taking shots, risk reward, right? You know, setups, you know, where your out is. You got defined risk there. I like defined risk. Uh, let's just, we're going to mix in some chat stocks today because uh, there's just not a lot of. Let's do it. Why is Netflix down with Roku? Was there commentary on Netflix as well? Did Pivotal say something? I don't know what the Netflix headline is. Well, there's commentary from Bernie. Netflix is down four bucks. So that's significant enough to make me think there's a headline. There, I mean, there was comments from Bernstein yesterday. Yeah, that was, that was midday. I don't know okay. if that would be the reason why. I, I feel like this is just a... Uh, a is it a Roku? I, I, a, there isn't a, as a much Roku sympathy, though, TV. as there was before with Netflix Roku. Like, I sometimes see Roku go and Netflix doesn't do anything. That's why I just wonder if there's a Netflix headline that we're missing. I haven't really looked. Roku, uh, Netflix, there's always a, the problem is there's always a Netflix headline, too, right? Right. It's figuring out what matters and what doesn't. Well, folks, if you were waiting to buy the low of the move, 82. Oh, you're right, Spencer. Sorry, Joel. Bernstein outlined some bearish scenario. I think, and oh, and Evercore, Evercore too. Evercore had commentary. This is coming from Twitter feed. I actually just found this on Twitter feed. I didn't notice the Evercore note. So notable calls. Didn't notice that either. Notable calls on Twitter. Thank you. Um, and I'll just read. So notable calls. Give him a follow. He's the notable calls. I do follow this guy, and he's pretty good. Evercore or girl, you don't know on Twitter. Everybody's anonymous. Evercore is throwing cold water on Netflix subscriber trends this morning. The firm notes that while they have traditionally updated Netflix app trends at the end of each month, they're inclined to refresh their three qu third quarter outlook midway through September. That's because there's another slowdown. That's it. So there's an Evercore negative note out there. That is your catalyst. Thank you, notable calls. Could you talk a little faster? Evercore negative note for no, Netflix. Yeah. Thank who's you. The, notable who's calls. Fuck? Who's the guy on Twitter or gal? Or notable guy? calls. Notable. And oh, so T H E, man, they're getting good advertisement here. Notable calls at T H E N O T A B L E C A L L S. Oh, Pretty much my entire Twitter stream. A lot of the people, it's friends that I follow, obviously, and, and some people, you know, and then, you know, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of news. So if somebody like if somebody breaks a good headline, I almost always give them a follow. Or if somebody know like you know has some, something and analyzes something pretty well, I'll give them a follow too. I mean, so most of my Twitter feed, the followers, if you look at who I'm following, 
most of them are usually something to do with news. And what if they make a bad call? Um, well, I, you know what? I don't actually, I don't know if, I never unfollow people. I, I just, I kind of think like if you unfollow somebody, it's kind of a slap in the face. So even when somebody says something I cringe at, it takes a lot for me to unfollow somebody. I think I've unfollowed a few people before, but I don't typically unfollow people. Who, who have you unfollowed? I don't know. I, I'm sure there's been somebody, but I can't even remember somebody. So once I follow you, you usually stuck with me forever, unless you kick me off. I've been kicked off some people before, I guess. Uh, they don't let you follow them anymore. Let's, uh, let's do a few things here. Uh, Kenny R is just talking about Bitcoin here and the GBT. Where's that thing at? I want to buy it. Where is it at? GBTC. Or Where is it? It's at twelve sixty-five. No, no, the Bitcoin. I don't know about GBTC. It's uh, the futures at ten thousand two hundred and. Hasn't moved, man. I want to buy it now. It almost feels like it's hung out here at this ten thousand too long. Uh, it had that spike down yesterday. Not the low of the move. For some reason they took it down to ninety-six hundred on good volume yesterday, but very quiet, Dennis. Maybe, maybe put a buy. I don't know. 10,580 has been the, the recent high. It's popped out of this area a few times on the monthlies. It looks, it looks like you're on support here. But uh, when's the next three-day weekend? When do we got a three-day weekend? Yeah, that's a good question. On this day? My boy has a three-day weekend today. I just realized the PA day. So if you hear somebody running around upstairs because the boy's not in school. Do you have PA days in states? Aaron, uh, what, I don't even know what it stands for. Really? Parent association? PTA? What's PA day? What's PA stand? No, we, we have the PTA. We, we don't have that. Parent Teachers Association. They call them PA day. I guess it's uh, or I I don't know. Anyways, it seems like once a month they get a day off, an extra day off school. Okay. So anyways, they've been in school for a week and a half, so I guess they needed a day off. <laughs> well, the next market holiday is Par parental is development day. PA. I don't know what yeah. that is. Yeah, the next market holiday is Thanksgiving, so we don't get a three day weekend. Uh, okay. For I have to look what PA day stands. Hey Dennis, you getting a little worried about your house of mouse here? I, I did sell half of it, eh? You did. Yeah, oh, you know what? Did. I top ticked it too. The reason yeah. was it was a very big. It was almost the biggest position in my portfolio, and it ran up there and it started stalling out at one forty. And I had the whole old support becomes new resistance trick, and I sold half of it. I think at one thirty nine, like eighty. Not joking. I almost top ticked it on that day. Of September should have sold it all and I get back get it back but I've got in the long-term account so I had a really big position I had one in the retirement account I had one in my like middling account I sold that so I still have the Disney that I'm planning on you know having for the next 15 years in my account but I had extra on and I just don't like the way it's behaving and that's why I got rid of the extra stuff so I still have a position still going to stick with the Disney in the long-term account but it's just been up here so long you got a little head and shoulders looming here I'm just not liking it enough to have as big of a position as I did. So I lightened it up. Raz wants to know why you're worried about Disney. He's long for the long term. He just popped in the YouTube. Channel. I am. And I'm long still for the long term too. So Raz, I'm still in. I'm still in. But I had, it was the biggest position in my investment portfolio. And I just didn't like the chart. So I lightened it up. But the part I put into the retirement account is staying. And Spencer, I believe you did the same thing. You have Disney in a long-term retirement account, don't you? Yes. And, and, and unlike you, I did not sell half my position. No. So anyway, so I've sold half, but I'm sticking with the rest of it. So sticking with that. And I still have the Tesla put sold, Raz. So still, still basically the bullish bet on Tesla. And you know uh, what? I'm up 25 or I, I, I'm, up, I'm up five points and I sold them at 20, the 120 puts, and they're only worth 15 now. So 
holding on to him. Could I'd, you, say, uh, I'd say Tesla's not going to zero. Uh, Spencer, could you pull up the monthlies on, um, on, uh, on uh, House of Mouse here? Because the only thing to me is they had the big news. Everyone said it's going to 200, and it's just hanging out here. It's hung out here too long. I know. I know. This yeah. is why I lightened up. Okay, look at your monthly. It's the trader in me that said lighten up. And I was right because I sold. I wish I would have sold out and rebuy it, but I, I kept. I kept half. Okay, I love. I'm just going to call it 130 here. That's the trap door. Uh, you had a monthly low back in May at 130.55, and then you had a two monthly lows at 31.49 and 31.02. So it just and in the monthlies you can't. You know, there's not that big of a difference. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm calling for. I say hold at 130. You're good after 130, and I also show the daily too because I just hate gaps in the market here. So if the market really, I, I, seriously, I'll be interested in putting it in my long-term portfolio at 115 or 116. I just comes back there. I will rebuy the stock that I sold. Okay, that's that's what I'm thinking. That's but my plan of attack. So I'm lighting up that I can add now. Okay. Makes me feel a little more comfortable. You snuck that in there, huh? And uh, just another way how those you know trades can you know those kind of levels can keep you out of trouble here. I was trying to short the shack attack, and I said to myself, shake, you know what? Shack, shack, why won't this thing go down? I mean, look at Wingstop. Doesn't matter. It's loved. The story is still down. intact. I know they're paying like a bazillion dollars per Shake Shack. The burgers are pretty tasty, although they are so expensive. And I didn't think it was anything better than a Checkers burger, to be honest with you, when I had it. But we ate it there a couple times. They're good burgers, milkshakes. But when I go in there and have a burger and a shake and it's $15, I'm like probably not going back anytime soon. So I have no idea. But in some stocks like Chipotle and Shake Shack are just resilient. The story is still intact. People love it. They think the growth is still there, which it is. And that's why, um, you know what, this sets up. This looks good, Joel. I hope you're not. Are you still short this? No, no. This no. looks like it's going to new all-time highs to me. So yeah, just, valuation makes zero sense. Not going in the long-term retirement account because the valuation makes zero sense. But I tell you, this might go in the trading and the trading account because from the long side of the swing account because as long as this thing's above 100, bulls are firmly in control here. I like this chart. Yeah, well. I'm bullish I, Shake Shack. Uh, my, my kill level was 99 because there is uh, three, there's three lows in that area. And you're a Wayne Gretzky fan. Yeah, and uh, why? How do they Come help? on. Do you know what he's talking about, Spencer, with Wayne Gretzky? You said your kill level's 99. Oh, okay, okay. I jump on little words like that. It's selective perception. What about, uh, Raz also wants to know about Del Taco, since we're talking about uh, stock. Del Taco, TACO chart looks. Wah, wah. No, I don't like the chart. Lean on the low from yesterday. This is exactly opposite story here where stock looks broken. Little head and shoulders, even if you look at the monthly here. This looks like it's going back down to the lows. I think this could be C960 in the near future. I'd be a seller of rallies. It's just my opinion. 950, 960, bunch of, listen to the monthly lows. Uh, March, April, also a low. So the 950, I mean, if you want to give it a, could lead on that low from uh, two days ago at 1028, but uh, under 10, if they could press it under 10, it looks like it has 950 written all over it. I think so too. I'm not yeah. a fan. I like the shack. You know what? Here we are. We're doing a Paris trade for you guys along the shack, short the taco. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I missed uh, Gretzky number 99. That was uh, 
Oh, don't worry. You're going to get a chance to talk more hockey coming up. Oh, is it going to be hot? Are you doing hot? I'm not telling you the subject yet, but we're going to do it right after our guest. So 835, we're going to get a guest, and then we are going to have Spencer versus Joel on our weekly trivia. Sounds like sports. And I, they even gave me the buzzer button, even though I probably won't know how to use it. All right. Uh, Zach Brown has been in the doghouse because he has so many questions. But now he's asked. Hey, wait, I didn't realize we were putting listeners in the doghouse. <laughs> when, when do we put chatters in the doghouse? Uh, That's kind of tough, Joel. Zach, you're out of the doghouse. Zach, we let you there, out of the doghouse. There dog is house, no doghouse. You're out of the doghouse. Uh, interesting chart. We let the dogs out. Uh, this is an interesting chart. Uh, after just getting shellacked, it's climbing back here. I don't know the reason why it went from two, 250 to 205 or how low did that get? Uh, what stock are we talking? I've lost. P-A-Y-C. Oh, I don't think you ever said it. P- Paycom software. Oh, boy. You're probably- I took a licking, and it's yeah. starting to try to come back. What you was know the- what, though? The stocks that take a licking like this, they show a little bit of life, and then eventually they usually, you know, it's tough well, sledding okay. going up, and often they resume trend. I don't like a chart like this at all. It's I know it's like the odd movie. time you get a V, but Vs are still rare in the market. You usually see a, 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 when a stock gets hit, then it maybe comes back, even gets close to like a 50% retracement or something, which would put us up near 230, stalls out, starts to pause, and then all of a sudden no more bad news comes or something else happens and knocks it back down. So when charts get really hit hard, and you probably could say ULTA is probably similar, you know, it, it has not really come back. It's starting to round a little bit there at the bottom, but... It's tough. It's tough to be a bottom picker in this market uh, because stocks that are weak just stay weak. Uh, this one, I, it has some life in it. I would wait to see if you could get two and a quarter out of this. Uh, that was a high back on the second really bad day that it had. There's a little gap between that and 227. So that's you know five, six, seven bucks away. If it got up to there, I would definitely look at that as a good resistance area. Dennis, you mentioned the 50% retracement. That's, I think I saw it, 57-point move. So let's call that 25, 26, 27, 28, add 28 and 3. That's 231. So that would really, that's my next major target there, if you can get through the 225, 227 level. But I would closely examine, was that earnings or I would go? No, no, we, we weren't sure either. So we asked, our, our news desk asked uh, some analysts and they said, this is just the growth to value. Rotation. Already? Our news desk already? We no, already... no, no. A couple days oh, ago. A couple, a couple kidding. days ago. Not, not, not just now. Okay. All right. I'd say that. A couple days ago. We are um, getting ahead here a little bit. It's option expiration. The imbalances are very much to the sell side. Again, these things move around so much because of the big institutional action. You have institutions jockeying their option positions against the stocks on this day. But I'm looking across the board, and the imbalances are huge to the sell side right now. Now, I don't know if this is going to last, but like, for instance, AT&T has $2.8 million to sell. Pfizer, $3 million to sell. I mean, 300000 is big. $3 million is incredible. So, again, maybe these are going to flip around. Maybe we're going to see some big institutions come in to buy these and pair. These are going to pair off. But as of right now, this market is looking very, very, um, you know, the stocks themselves are looking a little bit scary. So we are up here right now on an adjusted close for the SPY. We're trading up still 30 cents here. But right now I'm looking at imbalances and they look scary. Now those could change. We'll update you as we go along. But right now they're big to the sell side. 
All right, uh, for Robin Steckel, who uh, will remain my friend and fan uh, no matter what happens on Saturday versus Wisconsin. Uh, but uh, quadruple witching refers to the third Friday of March, June, September, and December. On these days, market index futures, market index options, stock options, and single stock futures expire usually resulting in increased volatility. And I don't know if anybody trades the uh, single stock futures anymore, so we could call it a triple. We need to get rid of those. Yeah. I, they're so still I can brown. start calling it triple. We're done. I'm done calling it quadruple witch. We were said this before we were going to stop calling it quadruple witch. It's triple witch. Triple witch because we don't care about the stock futures. We care about all the other three. So I'm saying it's triple witch. I'm done. I'm, I'm boycotting the word quadruple witch. It's harder to say too. Triple witch. Yeah. I'm triple D. I say triple witch. There you go. And uh, yeah, there's going to be some extra volatility on these days, uh, rolling over all positions. To me, it's just been a really quiet uh, rollover here. We had to roll over last Wednesday that the, the futures contract actually starts trading. Uh, it, it rolls over on the second Wednesday of the month. So I think I talked about that last week, but Man, it's been awful quiet. I think this market really, I and mean, we're sitting up near all-time highs. We need to get some mo and get over here over 30, 32 and a quarter. That's the all-time high. All-time closing high, 30, oh, 30.27.50. Guest time. Yep, it is 8.35. I want to bring on today's guest, Jeremy Schwartz. He's the director of research at Wisdom Tree, also the co-host of the behind the markets podcast is very good if you've not listened to that before jeremy oh, we have uh, video too although we we're looking video. up his nose we got some video we got him now jeremy good morning good morning thanks for having me on uh so i want to start off uh, macro and then we'll uh, we'll see where the conversation takes us here but we were just talking about the the quad or triple witch whatever you want to call it we had a fed this week we had oil over the weekend um give us your macro outlook right now yeah, I mean, the whole market has been dictated by what's been going on with the Fed, what's been going on in the trade wars. Um, you had really, you know, a big snapback at the start of the year with growth really leading. Um, in September, you had value make a comeback. You know, I think a lot of that has been tied to just what's happening in interest rates, where, you know, I think one of the big surprises is how much the 10-year dropped at the start of the year going into September. And then you really had this big reversal. And that causes big rotation in the traditional growth momentum names and towards small cap value. So that is one of the big things we're watching is can this rotation continue? I do think a lot of it is tied to rates. Um, and a lot of that's tied to the Fed, the ECB, the global central banks on, on what's going on there. Um, but you know, you look at some of the valuations in things like the small cap segment of the market, we have a, an ETF EES that the valuations are at 12 PEs. You know, everybody talks about the markets being at these really extreme levels, but 12 PEs for a US-centric basket where the US is the best economy in the global economy uh, at, at levels back to where you saw the recession in 2009. I mean, that's a dramatic, uh, dramatic story there. So I mean, that is one of the areas I think is sort of unloved and, uh, you know, if the U.S. economy is the best house in the in the global economy, I think it's a it's an area to, to stay focused on. When you say a lot of this is is, is based on rates, what do you mean by that? Well, it, a lot of the traditional value stocks, you know, you could say one of them is is financials, and then you also have the commodity centric and sort of cyclical part of the market. So, in terms of what 
when when value came back, it was rates going higher. And so that is a view that maybe the economy is not falling into a recession. Uh, so the more cyclical parts, the value parts did better, whereas growth and low vol, low momentum, or the high momentum names were doing very well as rates are dropping. People worried about growth, so they, they flogged to the growth end and lower vol stories. All right, I want to ask you about oil here. Uh, it seems like we've stopped going down for the time being and we're settled at around $58 or so uh, per barrel. Uh, give us your thoughts on this, the situation uh, in Saudi Arabia, price of oil, and sort of how that relates to the rest of the market here. Yeah, I think a lot of the, the, the political commentators that I'm following, you know, do believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, we have to see, you know, we haven't, the U.S. hasn't really taken any, any really aggressive countermeasures. If, if it's Iran trying to drag us into a prolonged conflict, you know, we seem to, to not be engaging, uh, putting sort of Saudi Arabia front and center, and, and it's their fight to, to pick and, and not ours. We're not coming to the rescue in any big way at the moment. Um, so that'll be one of the interesting things is how do they make it worse? Um, is it, you know, th is there a more prolonged conflict? Um, I think where we're looking at the implications, I mean, I think the big oil importers really took a hit, obviously, when you have oil prices going up, um, you saw currency sell off, you saw, I think India was one of the most hit countries. And actually, you know, overnight, that's one of the big stories is, India popped 5% higher and for a broad market to pop 5%. You see that a lot in single stocks, but uh, it was the biggest move in India in over a decade on how do we, you know, Modi has been one of these business friendly leaders. He cut corporate taxes almost 10% to try to make India on par with Singapore, uh, Hong Kong to try to get better, better taxes. Uh, and so that's a very positive, you know, they were one hit by the rising oil price. And I think that's, that may revise sentiment. India was down, seven percent we had epis the one of the leading india etfs and and broad emerging markets were up seven percent so really lagging this year i think about epi today is lower almost ten percent lower than when it launched 12 years ago you know you think about the s&p 500 over that period it's doubled in tw in 12 years and e epi is down uh and i think it's one of the better long-term growth stories in in the global economy and to get it where it hasn't done anything in 10 years with a business friendly prime minister just lowering taxes i think epi is a, a pretty good story for the next three or five years um despite being hurt by oil we're on the line with jeremy schwartz director of research at wisdom tree uh jeremy i mean you're a you're a long-term macro investor you're looking at longer term uh you know time horizons how much time do you know or how much emphasis do you put on or what do you look at like on a Sunday night? I mean, obviously we have shorter term, medium term traders here. We're keeping an eye on the futures. I was talking with Dennis Sunday night when crude was up six bucks and we're like, oh man, this is crazy. Do you, I mean, with your analysis, do you feel that that's just kind of noise or do you have some go-to indicators, the futures? What are you looking at it on a Sunday night after? I mean, you get that kind of news. I mean, it's almost a natural instinct to check the markets. No, yeah, I'm always watching what's going on. We, we tend to be, you know, at Wisdom Tree, very value-centric. So I'm, I'm definitely looking at, at valuations across time. Um, you know, I think one of the stories when we build a lot of our model portfolios uh, going into this year, we look at things like the emerging markets selling at discounted PEs to the S&P 500 and, and thinking, well, what are the catalysts here? What's causing emerging markets to, to be under pressure uh, and at, at the widest discount to the S&P in, in, in a decade? 
and it's like uh, clearly the China trade deal. So you're 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 closely following the catalyst and news that could change that sentiment and and you know reward you be, being for overweight, say emerging markets versus developed markets. Um, you know, I f we we do focus a lot on you know at Wisdom Tree we have a broad cross section, almost 80, 80 ETFs from fixed income to equities and equities around the world in Japan and Europe. Um, Japan's another one of those markets that I think everybody's focused on the central banks and the BOJ had an announcement this week where they're teeing up. Maybe they do something in October. They didn't do anything big here uh, at this last meeting, but that's one where Japan has been one of the lowest dividend countries around for for decades. And actually, it surprised you. DXJ is one of our flagships, Japan ETFs. I was just looking at this chart yesterday and, and I'm writing a blog on it, how Japan DXJ has a higher dividend yield than the broad MSCI international markets, which is a higher dividend yield than the US uh, with total dividends and buybacks that are competitive with the S&P 500 when they were known as a low dividend country. So I mean, that's one where I'm, I'm looking at things like the Bank of Japan and what are they, can they be a catalyst, but also very fundamentally based dividend yields, valuations, how this compare across global markets, things like that. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people know that uh, you worked with uh, one of the kings of technical analysis, uh, Professor Jeremy Siegel, you were his head research assistant. Uh, can, you, can you just tell a couple things that you learned uh, from working with Professor Siegel? You know, he, uh, you know, I, I, I met him at Wharton and, uh, you know, he and I do a, a radio show every Friday afternoon. Today we have President Bullard on the line after his 50 basis point descent. So that should be a very interesting conversation this afternoon at, at 1 p.m. on Sirius XM 132. But, you know, he is, I mean, he wrote stocks for the long run back in 94. You know, it's very much stocks versus bonds, you know, the equity risk premium thinking, um, largely on the long-term case for stocks. I think today people worry about valuations. He, he'd be more worried about bond valuations today with the 10-year tips yield at zero. You know, the long-term real return, the 200-year real return on bonds was three and a half percent. Today it's zero. Uh, so people think stocks are expensive, but the bonds are well below their forward-looking returns compared to, to, to equities, which yes, US equities are more expensive than normal. But, you know, maybe you get a five to six percent long term forward looking stock return from here versus zero on tips. Um, and so that's a pretty wide equity premium. I think that's his grounding in the big picture on that stocks versus bonds world. And then was, you know, the biggest lesson, I'd say. But he's, he's got very much into when I helped him write the future for investors that came out in 2005 was very value conscious. How do you protect from bubbles and. Um, you know, it had a lot of this emphasis on dividends and quality, a, a sort of Warren Buffett type mentality. And uh, so I, I, it's, it's that looking at the macro, but then bringing it to long-term investment strategies that, that cannot perform. And uh, just a uh, broad market here, uh, no tweets this week or so. We're back up near all-time highs, uh, triple witch expiration coming up here. Very tight ranges and very very quiet week for the most part. The Fed gave us a little bit of uh, a little bit of action on Wednesday. What are you looking for? Is there a, a number, a level, a key indicator here that says, "Hey, you know, we're just hanging out here at three thousand, folks, but uh, get get ready. We're taking out. We're going to thirty-two, thirty-five, thirty-seven hundred. Or are we at the top of a, a very a long-term trading range here? What what's your What's going to be the catalyst to take us up and away? 
we need to get the trade deal finished. Um, I mean, that seems to be what, you know, the Fed is sort of put it back on Trump and he, they started cutting. Um, maybe they're not cutting as quite as fast as he would like, but, you know, they're no longer the issue. It is now, I think the, you know, can you, what, what could cause the pop higher as we, we do come to an announcement? I think the market does expect an announcement because otherwise we wouldn't be close to all time highs, but actually removing that last bit of uncertainty that we don't get, you know, a deal um, could be the pop that, 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 that you're looking for. Um, I mean, obviously there's risk to the downside if that does go back negative. Um, but I think that's, that's where I'll focus on getting that trade deal. Do you agree with what uh, the Fed's been doing, lowering rates? Do you think they're kowtowing? I mean, you know, Dennis and I and even Spencer, we've been talking about, man, save, keep your bullets in the chamber for, you know, a major crisis. Do you agree with this monetary policy? Well, I think it's, it's interesting with Bullard coming on and he was in favor of the 50. Um, Siegel has been calling for them to be much more aggressive. So Siegel and Bullard are, uh, you know, in some ways uh, agreeing on this. They, um, Siegel's been saying you cannot, you don't want to invert the curve. There's, it's crazy to have the, the shortest term, most liquid central bank policy rate higher than the 30-year bond and then higher than the 10-year bond, this inversion of the curve. If we're, uh, if we're following, you know, if, like if the reason we're doing this is because Europe is doing this, well, nothing Europe's done has really helped their economy. Why would we want to be following like a broken business model here why don't we just keep our own independent course that's the thing to me all right well you know europe's at negative rates so we got to go to negative rates yeah. look what europe's been doing why would we want to you know why don't we want to differentiate ourselves from them no it's a it's a it's a good point that a lot of what's happening in the u.s rates market is coming from you know the lowest common denominator that our rates are low because our tenure is low because japan is low and europe's low and it's just a global yield environment um, but you also don't want to be too tight and and out of whack with the rest of the world in a lot of ways, as it is a global economy. And and that if you're if you're too tight on on the credit side, you know you can force the recession that that you wouldn't have otherwise needed to. So I I think it is just this global world that's all interconnected, and you can't you can't avoid that. Uh, Jeremy, I believe you were recently at a cloud computing conference, the Cloud uh, 100. Can you give us a takeaway that you learned from that and sort of where, uh, where our focus should be with regards to that sector? Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. Um, we, you know, I, I mentioned all the Siegel value-oriented philosophies. I mean, we've been mostly focused on those long-term investment strategies. Um, more recently, we've launched a few thematics and uh, I had a really interesting opportunity to partner with NASDAQ and Bessemer Venture Partners. Bessemer is one of the leading venture capital companies. Um, and they, they actually created an index or worked with NASDAQ to create an index of the leading cloud computing public companies and sort of growth oriented. Um, so you have to have 15% revenue growth to get in and then 7% revenue growth to stay in. Uh, there's 50 cloud computing companies in here. The event in, in San Francisco was 100 largest private cloud computing CEOs. Um, you know, I got to talk to the CEO of DocuSign on our podcast. Uh, and so you could, you could find that on the Behind the Markets. We talked to Brian Dieter, who's the Bessemer partner leading cloud, and then, then, then Dan Springer, the CEO of DocuSign. And it, it is one of these big growth stories. If you think about the trends in technology, software is becoming the largest and most important part of tech, and cloud is the most important part of software. And you talk to a company like DocuSign, that's 4% 
market share and their biggest competitor is just paper and manual processes. It's a very interesting uh, part of the market with a lot of runway ahead of it. Bessemer's putting a lot of money to work in the private space that eventually come to the public space. And so we're excited. WCLD is the ETF focused on cloud uh, that we just launched off that index. And it is one of the big growth stories uh, if that's going to work. All right, Jeremy Schwartz is Executive Vice President and Global Head of Research at Wisdom Tree, also the co-host of the Behind the Markets podcast. Jeremy, thanks for the time and have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. All right, 8.50 here. Anything new in the market that we missed in the past 10 or so minutes, guys? Either of you? They oh, the imbalances. Up. They're still they big. Up, right, Dennis? They What's up? that? They scoop up those imbalances? No, no, there's no change yet, but I don't think anybody believes them yet. So, like, I mean, they're so big that nobody's buying it. So they, you know, I don't think it, it's, you know, it, it's just, they're, they're, these things tend to get paired off fairly at the levels there. I mean, they all pair off at a certain price and they just changed a little bit. They got a lot less. So they just got almost cut in half, some of them. So just like that one, just as we were talking. So, you know, the floor traders know too, like, they're like, okay, we got some big sellers here showing their hand right now, but they might be just advertising, which is basically what an imbalance is saying, Hey, we need some other institutions to come in to buy. So I think they're going to find some buyers. So probably it's going to offset. But as of right now, if we open, that stocks would open a lot lower. So, but we got 40 minutes for buyers to come in. So I think that's going to happen. So is so, it time? Uh, I think it might be time. I, I, I'm not quite confident in your ability to work the uh, sound effects, but- Can you work? Th- well, and this is the Let's issue. See. I want to work the sound effects. I can do it. I just don't know if I have the technology to do it yeah. the sound effects. Well, let's start with this. All right. Hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, 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 potato. All right. So, Dennis, can you uh, hand me over the buzzer, or it's not going to work? Uh, I I handed you over the buzzer earlier. I I don't know if you can work it with all your systems and your 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 software. Well, and, I don't know if you'll hear it on my screen. Right, you right, you right. Just, you have to you have to you, share, take you, you, you have to take take the wheel here and take control. I don't know. If all right, hang on a second. You've never done this before. Yeah, never taken and, control and of the to, show before. We tried to like uh, do never a, ever taken control of the show before. So to I'm trying to find the buzzer. Okay, so I'm finding the buzzer. Okay. Wait. Wait for it. This is what happens when when Dennis works after, you know, like business. Right. Where you can't even do a a, a, a practice run because he's too busy <laughs> trading. So we're forced to sort of every minute counts, especially on option expiration, <laughs> except for the next ten minutes because we're gonna do we're gonna do the trivia here. So I'm going to share the buzzer screen. It says share computer sound. Yep. And share this screen. So here you go. Okay, oh. we're sharing. Oh, I think I can pull the buzzer. Let's just do practice and see if it works. Okay. All right, you're sharing our Slack, but okay. That's that's fine. Well, I'm trying to just play it off the Slack, but that's okay. not even working. Look, I'm trying to click it, and it's not working, so it's not even my fault. Well, so why don't you just let me run the sound, and you can... I want to run the sound. At, well, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. How do I get it to work? Look, I'm hitting the video, and it's not working. Oh, there it is. Did you hear that? Yes, yeah. we heard yeah. it. Ah, look who's got the power now. Okay, so are you ready? Joel versus Spencer on Hot Potato. And you can steal. So we're going to start with the first question. I'm going to give you the subject here right now. Who's, who's it going to? Me or this is going to go to? The first question is going to go to Joel. Okay. And it's an easy one. And the subject for all 10 questions is Canada. Oh, Canada. Oh, man. And Joel has a significant advantage because he's half Canadian. 
That's true. Yes, his mother was born in Canada. So don't let Trump find that out. He might kick you out. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So first question about Canada to Joel. And Spencer, if he doesn't know it, you can steal. But Joel will know this one. Okay. What bird is pictured on the $1 Canadian coin? (laughs) What bird is pictured on the the loony? (laughs) Exactly. So what bird is that? The loony bird. No. What is the loony? There's no Looney Bird. It's not the Looney Tunes. No, I'm buzzing you for that. There's a buzzer. Spencer. Spencer, you can steal. What bird is pictured on the Looney? Is it like a pelican? I don't know. No, you're both wrong. You guys are terrible at Canada. The loon. It's the common loon. That's why they call it the Looney. It's the loon. I said loon. You said Looney. It's called the Looney for a reason because it's got a loon on it. Okay, terrible. You're both you're you're both not getting a point for that one. I buzzed you both. Okay, okay. So question number two going to Spencer. Joel can steal. I, I, I'm not looking at the chat. Or you my, might get yeah. zero on this. Very okay. Well the current prime minister of Canada is Justin Trudeau. Right. I know. His this. father was also the prime minister of Canada from 1968 to 1979, and from 1979 to 1984. What was his father's first name? <laughs> oh my God. So basically, who is the Prime Minister of Canada from 68 to 84? And his last name is Trudeau. Is it Justin? Was it also Justin? No. No! Justin wasn't even a name back in 1968. All right. I'm going to flex. Joel, you got it? Pierre. Flex on me. There we oh, go. Oh, Joel's got it. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. Joel gets a point. Yeah. Pierre, solid. Okay. One nothing me. Okay. Question to Joel about Canada. Okay. This Waterloo. This is an easy one. This is almost not fair. I'll get you an easy one too, Spencer, but this one's an easy one too. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to give Joel the hard one. Okay. This, okay, the 12.9 kilometer Confederation Bridge was built in 1997. What two provinces does this bridge link together? Wow, these are hard. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. One is an island. Uh, Victoria? No, that's not a province. It's not a province. Uh, Come on, you're half British Columbia. British Columbia. No, you're on the wrong side. Go to the west coast. Wait, can I steal? Can I steal? Yes, yes. I've got to buzz Joel right now. I'm buzzing Joel. Okay, Uh, I want to steal. I want to say New Brunswick and uh, Nova Scotia. Oh my goodness, you're so close. You got the ones in Ireland. So try again. I'm not even gonna. You got one of them. Got one of them. That's a half a point. Which one did I get? And, And it links to the island. What's the island province in Canada? Uh, Halifax? Nova Scotia. Okay, now you're getting buzzed. <laughs> Prince Edward Island. So it links New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island. Uh, man, I don't, these are tough, man. I don't want to be a Okay, kid. I'm giving you an easy one, complainer. So right now it's one nothing, Joel. You should or, hear oh, No, that one went to Joel. This one's to Spencer. Spencer's getting an easy one. So it's still one to a half? No, I, I, no I didn't get a half. I took it away. Okay, so this water, this is for Spencer. This Waterloo company was founded in 1985 and changed, changed its name to BlackBerry in uh, 2013. What was the company's former name? Oh, good question. What was, what was BlackBerry's former name? Yep. Changed yeah. their name to BlackBerry in 2013. It's a pretty easy one, Spencer. Joel's ready. He's licking his chops. He might have been in college. Three, two, I feel one. Like I Ticker symbol rim. Oh, I, I know I, I I no I won't. I gave him I gave him a good I okay. I even gave him a hand. Okay, Joel. 
research in motion. Oh yeah, sting ding. I actually I got one? trouble on the show once because of that stock. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna All right. I'm right. Okay, it's two nothing. Joel. Okay, so this is this is actually starting to get you know. Okay, so I'm gonna give Joel a hard one here. Okay. But not really. Some people would know this. Maybe nobody. Maybe not you two guys, but. The best hockey player of all time, number 99, Wayne Gretzky, holds 61 NHL records. What city was he born in? What city was Wayne? It's Wayne Gretzky. Wayne. Uh, they got, like, s- statues of him. It's on when you go into the city. I bet you we got some Canadians in now. It's um, a hard one even for Canadians. Um, he was born in Ontario. I'll give you the hint. Oh, it's in okay. Ontario. I'm going to throw something. It was I'm... even in. It was even a, near Toronto. I'm going to say, um, oh man, near Toronto hey, starts we... with a B. Barry. No, no. Eh, we're buzzing you, Spencer. Okay. Starts go... with a B. Near I'm Toronto. Gonna... I'm going to go with a very Canadian-sounding name, Beaver Creek. <laughs> Brantford, Ontario. Brantford, Ontario. Holy cow. What is the score here? You guys got any right yet? It's 2 nothing, Joel. It's 2 nothing. All right. So this one's going to Spencer. Easy. We'll go with the hockey theme again. I can do it. Who was the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup? Montreal Canadiens in 1993. We have a winner. I got one. I'm on the board. Who is on the board? Their coach was, oh, gosh. Um, you know the coach? Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, was it? Because he was wasn't he the Detroit coach? Was it? It was a Claude Julian? Was it? Was no, no, no. no was it a no, Scotty no. Bowman? I don't know. I don't know. It okay. Was it Scotty right. Bowman? Uh, uh, you're you're better than me. I, I would have guessed Pat Burns, but okay, I'm maybe going 1993. I can't remember. Who All right. In any case, right, I'm on. The, how many are left? We got one minute left. <laughs> right, well, we're gonna go overtime here. Okay, because I'm controlling the show now, so you guys are at my mercy. Okay, so here's one back to Joel. Actually, I'm going to get let's say that one for Spencer. We're trying to rig it a bit. Uh, in 2011, this Hudson's Bay or, or okay, in 2011, this Hudson's Bay company agreed to sell their lease agreements for up to 220 of these famous Canadian department stores to Target for 1.82 billion dollars. What was the name of that famous Canadian department store? It was only in Canada. Oh man, it was oh. red. <sighs> It even started, I'll give you guys another hint because it's a tough question. It started with, uh, as you say in the U.S., Z. We say Z in Canada. It starts with a Z. Um, no looking at the chat because some years all over I'm not looking at the chat. Yeah, I'm I, not, I, I turned away from the computer. <laughs> all right, three, two, one. Zaris or Z? Either, can either of you guys get this? Oh, Zaris? No, no. No, that's a jewelry store. Zellers. It was Z- Zellers. Oh, it was Jacques yes. Demers. I knew I was close. It, I said right. not a moment, but it was Jacques Demers. Okay. All right. So back to Spencer. It's two to one. This Canadian company once accounted for more than a third of the value of the entire Toronto Stock Exchange 300 Composite Index, but later declared bankruptcy. What was the name of that company? Joel's going to get this one. Oh. Third of the value of the TSE later declared bankruptcy. Is it... Uh... Bank of Montreal? <laughs> no, Bank of Montreal. Bank of Montreal. My wife worked there for a lot of years. I don't think I went bankrupt. I still own a lot of shares. Well, I'm trying not. to think of big companies. Uh, Canadian Railroad, Canadian Pacific. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Went bankrupt. No, I don't know. It went bankrupt. Joel. Oh. Joel, Joel, Joel. You, I thought you'd be all over this. I got to buzz you guys. 
Now wait, hold on. Oil or gas company? Was no. it gold, gold? Think of think of our buddy who bought the stock and bought some shares and then went from 120 down to 20 and then he bought more and then it went to zero. Nortel Networks. Oh, I can't believe I'm, oh man. Holy cow, you guys are, you guys are tough. All right, back to Spencer. On what day does Canada celebrate its national holiday? What day is Canada Day? The U.S. is July 4th. What day is Canada Day? Is it, is it July 3rd? No. Eh. Am I close? Joel. I'm close, though. You got to know this. I know, I know. July 1st? Oh, he's gotcha. I don't even think he can catch up. It's Damn three it. to one. I was close, though. There's only one question left. I'm throwing it back to Spencer right, just to try to make it close. Sure. 80%. Last question, and we're going to the show. 80% of the world's supply of what comes from Canada? Maple syrup. Oh, he got her. Maple syrup. That's your Canadian trivia, folks. Do we have a final hot potato little song to play? Uh, Play it again. Play it again. Oh, man. Or do I have to stop sharing the screen? How do I stop sharing the screen? Stop share. Let me take the... I I took it away. The wheel's back. Uh, That was fun. All right. All right. Another look at imbalances before we go here. The imbalances have been halved. They are still all to the south side, but they are not nearly as big as they once upon a time were. So if I just look in, AT&T only 1.3 million to sell now. GE one point leading the charge every day on the south side. 1.7 million to sell in GE. A lot of the other ones are in the hundreds of thousands, but those imbalances are getting smaller. So we have 30 more minutes for them to even get smaller yet if this market is going to hold up. All right. Uh, pre-market high, 1650. I don't have anything up there, folks. Uh, Thursday's high, your high from last week. 24 and a half and 25.75. Dennis, I have so many stars across that level. You'd be impressed at 25.75. Coming back on five the- stars, Joel. Five. I got actually one, two, three, four, five. I got over 10. Joel that. uses a star system when he's doing That's- levels. And- Sometimes he'd have a level back in the break trading days in the Detroit office. He'd have a level so important that the whole page you would hand us was just stars. Uh, on the downside here, you find support at your close at 08 even. Below the pre-market low, 0575. I don't really have much for you, folks. Uh, yesterday's low at 91 and a quarter. But let's see. Let's see if we can get up in the 3020 handle and stay in there and close in it. So that's that's what I'm looking for today. All right, uh, that'll, that'll be it for our show. Thanks to everyone who joined Spencer's us today. You guys know nothing about Canada, by <laughs> the way. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. We're your next door neighbors. I know. Uh, so disappointing. Uh, thanks to Jeremy Schwartz. Thanks to all of you in our chats. Please remember all the information from our show, including our trivia, is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Catch our podcast or the replay of our show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday, and I guess next week is my turn to host trivia. Right, you know what, though? Maybe we'll get bring someone new I've in. never gotten the chance to host you. You never get to no. host? No. Okay. Let me ask some questions. We'll do that next Friday. Everyone, well, me have, versus a great, Joel. have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.